Hello and welcome to Close Talking. I'm Jack Rossiter-Munley, and this is our special Father's Day episode. My father, Charlie Rossiter, happens to be a poet, so today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite poems of his, I-74 Street Corners of America poem, written on the road between Albany, Illinois and Albany, Indiana. My dad and I have performed poetry shows together at many different venues across the country on our innumerable road trips, so while I was not, in fact, present for the authoring of this work, I've always particularly enjoyed it. Connor was a good enough sport to agree to talk about it, and this episode is dedicated to both of our very cool dads. If you want to hear more from Charlie Rossiter, you can find his podcast, Poetry Spoken Here, over at PoetrySpokenHere.com, or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PoetrySpokenHere, or on Twitter at Twitter.com slash PoetrySpokenHere. All right, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Close Talking. I am one of your co-hosts, Jack Rossiter-Munley. And I am the other one, Connor McNamara-Stratton. I sure hope you are. Uh, And coming right up is Father's Day, hence the choice of poem today, because my dad's a poet. And so this is a poem by Charlie Rossiter called I-74 Street Corners of America Poem, written on the road between Albany, Illinois and Albany, Indiana. Uh, usually when introducing the poem, I got like an inside hookup to the poet. So <laughs> let me tell you, when he introduces the poem, he usually throws in that little parenthetical. Um, I don't have much to say in the way of introduction. Let's hear the poem, I guess. Woo, go Charlie. Um, Connor's dad wrote a play. That's pretty awesome. Uh, dad. Yeah. Good friend. Happy Father's Day. Yeah. Happy Shout Father's out. Day to dads everywhere, uh, but especially our dads because it's our podcast. Yes. Thanks for being artsy. This is I-74 Street Corners of America poem written on the road between Albany, Illinois and Albany, Indiana by Charlie Rossiter. Sunrise over the Rock River and all over America people wake to face the day as if nothing were happening. While all around them mountains are pushed up and weathered down, rivers flex and flow, new life is born. At a truck stop on I-74 outside of Kickapoo, someone is pumping gas into a diesel engine that spent the weekend in Colorado. Someone's heart got broken last night in Mississippi, and before the day is over, someone in Cincinnati will fall in love. Someone's had enough in leaving home in Topeka. Someone in Tacoma's got the blues. It's a carnival out there, a casino. Which way the cards will fall is anybody's call. One thing's for sure, We're all in this together. At least, I'm in. How about you? Come on. Annie up. And deal. Cool. Woo! Love it. So, slight background on the poem. The subtitle, Written on the Road Between Albany, Illinois and Albany, Indiana, comes from the fact that uh, the poet was on a cross-country poetry tour at the time, a little Midwest swing, going to, as part of a performance poetry group, three guys from Albany, they were going to all the Albanies in the country, an ongoing project for the group. And they were on the road between Albany, Illinois and Albany, Indiana. And being out in the heartland, uh, the poet got to thinking about, because they would do these, they'd set up readings in Albanies across the country and, Newsflash, 
Albany's are not necessarily the largest towns in states. So it was a lot of like library readings or something. But the idea was to do a reading in every Albany. And so sometimes they would just like set up on the street corner and read poems. And so the idea behind this poem was to write a poem that could be read on the street corners of America and engage an audience potentially. So something that was poetic enough to be poemy, I guess, you know, but also <laughs> relatable, like not, you know, a dumbed down inauthentic version of his work, but a version that would be broadly interesting and broadly applicable. That's sort of the, the little history of the poem, which is why it's the Street Corners of America poem. Yeah, I feel like I maybe have heard him read it, but I don't really know. But he is a great reader. And uh, apparently he, yeah, he continues to read this one often as a get the crowd in a good mood type thing. Um, often it starts shows. Starts shows. Um, yeah, and it's, um, there's, yeah, there's a number of things that I love about this one. But one thing that stands out is all of the towns and locations um, seem like very perfect and notably absent are the big, uh, glamorous, I don't know, city. Like, there's no New York, there's no Chicago, there's no LA. You know, we're not in, you know, DC next to the White House or something like that. You know, it's Topeka, it's Kickapoo, uh, Cincinnati. That consistency of detail, I think, goes, makes the poem go a long way in getting that sort of the broader appeal but the, the the reach of the poem is is uh dispersed and not dispersed like on a particular echelon but is you know focused on the the smaller cities and towns of the country and all of the towns they're fairly spread out but they're spread out north, south, and west. There is no east in this poem. And I think if you're thinking about poetry as something that people do, it's like, you know, an east coast elite kind of thing. Uh, to the extent that that's real. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of poets spread all across the country. Ted Kuzer is a poet laureate. He's from out west. Like, it's not, it's not like poetry isn't a national endeavor. But if you're going to categorize people who go to poetry readings and you're going to stereotype it, that's going to be the East. And I think it's not an accident that it's I-74, which runs from Cincinnati, Ohio to Davenport, Iowa, and that the names of the towns are all Midwestern and Western and Mississippi, which gets called out as sort of a Southern flavor. Um, but the, the names of the places sort of go from Kickapoo or Cincinnati in the East out to Tacoma, Washington, which is all the way out on the West Coast. Yeah, and I like also, I mean, it, it's just a very good progression um, and, a, and a continuation of an idea. So it, it seems like the problem of the poem, if that's a way to think about it, is, is set up pretty early on. Um, all over America, people wake to face the day as if nothing were happening while all around them mountains are pushed up, etc. And so there's... Uh, everything is happening. There's a lot of, and, and the poem continues to sort of describe, you know, not just the mountains, um, which, which has that grandeur of action, but then towards the end, we have that problem of facing the day as if nothing were happening. 
Um, and then it's like a carnival out there, a casino. We're all in this together. At least I'm in. How about you? Come on, Annie up and deal. And so that's that conclusion of the poem is sort of like a call to action. Um, and, and I like that it starts with we're all in this together, which is the kind of a very familiar phrase. And then um, actually the speaker's like, well, I'm, I'm in. Uh, I actually don't know if you're in. And, and that I think calls back to, connects to the problem maybe that, that people are waking up to face the day as if nothing's going on, um, which isn't like a call out, but, and we're just gonna play cards. <laughs> right, well, I think that's so interesting that you pulled out those two parts, because when I was looking at this poem, it sort of has three sections to me. There's the first section, which goes from the first line to the line, new life is born. And that's like this cosmic section that sets up the major issue and also draws your attention to these like tectonic forces at work. Like the mountains don't just exist, they're getting pushed up and they're being weathered down and all these natural forces are swirling around the world all the time. And then it gets into this specific section where you get all the call outs to individual events and locations. And then after someone in Tacoma's got the blues, you have the third section, which goes from that point to the end of the poem that begins with the carnival and the casino which are these sort of human level manifestations of the swirling cosmic, uh, you know, mountains and rivers and snowstorms and hurricanes. You know, this is sort of a worldly embodiment of those. If you think about what a carnival looks like, if you think about the inside of a casino with lights flashing on the slot machines and all the dinging noises and people rushing around and calling out, it's very earthy way of, describing the same kind of thing and then it goes into this the cosmic level resolution of the initial question which is i'm in i'm ready to acknowledge all of this stuff that's going on is like really crazy and cool and important are you in yeah and i i like that yeah it's definitely key to break that up into those three sections because that's definitely how it's working um it's interesting to like listening to you read it, um, but then when you read it on the page, which I guess maybe you don't do as much, but you know, it's not uh, punctuated exactly. And so there's the part in when the first section moves to the second section, rivers flex and flow, new life is born, and then at a truck stop on I-74. Um, I, I was interested in how um, without the hearing, there's an ambiguity of, um, on the one hand, new life is born, period, and then new section at a truck stop, someone's pumping gas. But also it could be read, rivers flex and flow, new life is born at a truck, truck stop. And so there's that bridge that, um, I, I do think that he does, I think, intentionally. Um, and especially... The second section feels like it's still a uh, repetition of the cosmic things. Like there's there's a claim I feel like that he's making that the someone pumping diesel and someone you know who's had enough and leaving home or who's falling in love are the big the big happenings like mountains being weathered, and so that is a kind of um, 
don't know. That's a really nice move that I think is, yeah, poets have a great opportunity to do, which is take the quotidian um, and the everyday and elevate it to, um, or not even elevate it to big heights, but recognize that it is an elevated thing already and bearing witness to that. Right. And in your life, what makes a bigger difference? The fact that you just drove from Colorado to Kickapoo and have to refill your truck or that like the Himalayas are doing their thing. <laughs> right. I mean, like, I, yeah. I also, I really like that. And I like that there's the bleed between the two sections, as you noted, the way it's written, it could very well be that new life is being born at that truck stop. And in some ways it is because you're literally giving your truck fuel. It's not going to run without fuel. You're giving it new life by refueling it. This guy is, bringing his, you know, giant diesel guzzling truck back to life. Like, that's incredible. Wow, how crazy the humans figured that out. What? But it also speaks to this, uh, this strong sense of liminality in the poem because almost everything happens in these liminal spaces, even the specific part of it. You're introduced to it through a highway. The poem title is The Highway, but then you're introduced to it through a gas station. I can only imagine a gas station that accommodates a truck that's getting diesel fuel is going to be near a highway. And these highways, A, they're liminal spaces, they're in between, and they're connective spaces. They bring one part of the country into contact with another. And I think the two big themes going on in this poem are about connectivity and liminality. Even mountains are pushed up and weathered down. That only happens at fault lines in the tectonic plates of the earth, the space between one plate and another. And the fascination of this poem is that sort of overlapping space, I think, in some ways between what we do value and what we don't value, what we do recognize as important and don't recognize as important. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and that, I also, I also think that idea of the, the liminal and the connective comes through in uh, the line breaks of the poem, uh, like especially in the second section, there's, um, and this sort of, this I think has the effect of bringing all of these cities and um, locations together. Uh, the, I think the best example is, so we have the line, someone's heart got broken last night, line break. And then in Mississippi and before line break, the day is over, someone in Cincinnati, line break, will fall in love. And so I really like how um, in Mississippi is on the same line as uh, and before, which is the beginning of the part that's actually happening in Cincinnati. And, um, and the fact that someone's heart got broken last night stands alone, even though that specific heart is in Mississippi. Um, and this happens again uh, in the Topeka, Tacoma. Someone's had enough in leaving home. Again, that, that momentous um, thing has its own space. And then the line break happens and then it's in Topeka. And then someone in Tacoma's got the blues and got the blues has its own line. So there's the way that uh, he and Jams, his lines, serves to both isolate the big events as sort of 
happening everywhere because even though it's in Mississippi, for a moment, you don't know it's in Mississippi. And it connects all of the places, um, even though the different events are happening. So Tacoma and Topeka are really close together on the line. And you know that they're close before you know what actually happens in Tacoma. I think that's a really good point. Um, the way that they bleed into each other is one part of it, but also, even though this is like the quote unquote specific part of the poem, the most specific it gets is entire cities. Even if they're not big cities, it's an entire city. And the most specific it gets about a person is someone. These are universal experiences. The names of states and cities are as close as you get to where they're happening. And what's happening is, got the blues. <laughs> Like millions of people have the blues all over the country. It's a connective experience. It's something that brings people together when they share that with each other. When they, you know, you take the last part, Annie Up and Deal, if you're willing to throw in and risk saying, you know, sharing your experience with someone. If this person who's had enough and leaving home in Topeka meets this person in Tacoma who has the blues and they share their experience of why they had to leave home and why they're not feeling well, you can feel the possibilities there in the poem of connection, you know, shared, in this case, American experience, since America is called out in the in the poem, all of these are places in America. The fact that the poem does, in the way the lines break up, bleed everything together that way helps make that sort of message, I think, come across much, much more powerfully. And as we called out, it could easily be broken into three sections, but on the page, it's one poem. It's not three stanzas of a poem. It's one poem. Each part moves into the next yeah no it's true and and basically in terms of like concrete specific actions the the pumping gas into a diesel engine that was in colorado at the truck stop outside of kickapoo and then maybe the come on ante up and deal are like the only like super small actions that you can pinpoint um, otherwise, yeah, it's it's got the blues. Someone's had enough leaving home, fall in love, heart got broken, uh, you know, mountains pushed up rivers, new life. Uh, these are, yeah, these are large, almost like the closest to abstract without sort of being super abstract. But at the same time, evoking a specific feeling. If you say, got the blues, you know exactly what that means. If you say, had their heart broken, you know exactly what that is. If yeah. you say, had enough and leaving home, anyone can fill in something more specific and probably will automatically do that without thinking. Had enough and leaving home for somebody who's had to get divorced is going to immediately resonate that way. Had enough and leaving home because your parents were overbearing in some way or didn't treat you well and you had to just get out of there that immediately brings that up for you i think it's a really well crafted couple of universal experiences because they are universal but specific enough that the reader immediately writes themselves into it yeah no that that is for sure right and that makes me think about the other part um that about the end that i really like with the sort of the introduction of the you uh, at the very end, uh, you know, we're all in this together, at least I'm in, how about you? And then the imperative, come on, ante up and deal. Um, and so what what I like, and before then, there's no you at all in the in the poem. And so I feel like when, 
when you're reading it or when you're listening to it before, there's a kind of, it has that broad but specific sweep that allows you to identify with it and rather, but isn't sort of calling you out um, immediately. So if you're not identifying, then you're not in. And so it's only at the very end when this, the full sweep has been swept that it's like, all right, deal. And then you suddenly feel that call. Uh, but the call has to wait, I think, um, until the end for this poem. That's yeah, because I think in some ways the poem is developing its idea of how you could see things, and then at the end it's challenging you. All right, are you prepared to try and see things this way? Are you willing to to do that? Yeah, yeah, it's good. I'm just having a the image of being in the audience. Charlie, he's got his hat. <laughs> yeah, and it is like it's. It's it's interesting to think about the poem too, as you know, in 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 the terms of a performance setting, and in terms of you know, sometimes we've talked about how poems are organized uh, in a book of poems, and in terms of how this is organized as a starting of a performance, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, Insofar as its its reach is is broad, maybe broader than some of um, his other ones, and in the way that he's trying to invite, you know, that this is a street corners thing, that the audience for it is large, and so mm -hmm. if you begin that way, um, the audience member, you're like, all right. I like this guy. Um, and then when he maybe goes on to his other poems that, you know, might be not inaccessible or not like um, exclusive, but just a dealing with not explicitly the street corner and the people of America at large, but just maybe just the truck stop or something that happened between a you and a me, you feel familiar with the guy. And so you're more like ready to participate uh, in, in those poems. So that makes a lot of sense. It's nice. Also the tone is nice. Like, you know, it's a challenge or it's a call to action, but it's, you know, it's informal. It's come on. It's like Annie up. It's inviting also. And it's, there's a, a deliberate casualness to the tone, I think, to the voice that's appealing. Yeah, I think it's great to call that out because it is a poem written by a performance poet on tour with his performance poetry group with an eye to how it would be performed and received by an audience. And so I think that is an important component of it. Um, and I do know, because I've been to <coughs> other readings, uh, that one of the other poems he likes to start with that I think is less explicitly included uh, is less explicitly open is a poem called Snake Black Solo that has more a message of like, art's really cool. And so it starts <laughs> off with reading Snake Black Solo, listening to Haydn as though Quincy Troop and Franz Joseph Haydn spoke the same language. And then it goes on, spoke the same language. You know, E.E. E. Cummings knows something Picasso knows about what's lurking beneath the surface. 
that when you dig your way to the bottom, you're in deep. And so it has a similar kind of structure to this, actually, in a way, in that it's talking about connection and it's trying to get there. And at the end, there is a you who wasn't there before who's suddenly injected, and it's him talking to the audience saying, this is something that I care about and think is really interesting, and I think you should too. Will you go there with me? It's a very similar kind of construction of an invitation in that way, but it's different, because that one's specifically about, hey, I'm into a lot of artsy stuff. What do you think about that? Here's a bunch of names of artsy people. Do you know them? Maybe not. You probably should if you don't. And if you don't, maybe you don't get this poem as well. Uh, and that's OK with me, because that's where we're going together over the course of this reading. Whereas this poem is like, hey, heard about these cities in the country we all live in? Probably. They sound familiar, even if you don't know exactly where they are. We're all Americans, right? You know, it's like a much more broad brush of inclusion. Uh, and I think it is a very effective poem as the opening to a reading, or even as the opening to a book, I think it would be pretty effective. Um, but oh. particularly as an energetic poem with a positive message that has really big universal themes that are still specific enough for someone to write themselves into, I think it really does work as that opening to a reading. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting. I didn't realize there was an alternative, alternate opener. Um, oh, there are so many. <laughs> Uh, that's great. And it's a good, like, it's like, we're going to be dealing. The deal is, is the rest of the poems in that sense too. That's yeah, that's good. Uh, the last thing that, uh, I wanted to call out that I had thought of is that the move into that third section with this particular call outs of the carnival in the casino, mm -hmm. uh, and the themes that are in this poem, which is essentially sort of looking at everyday life as something really important and almost sacred on the level of the planet rearranging itself. Uh, I was thinking about uh, Mercia Eliade, the uh, religious scholar whose book is about the sacred and the profane. And he talks about how you build sacred and profane spaces and that what's really important is the threshold because when you're outside of the sacred space, you're in the profane world, you step through the threshold and then you are in the sacred space of the church. He draws a similar connection to when you're outside of your home and when you're inside of your home. Um, and the call out to a carnival, I think, is really cool because what carnival does is it breaks down all of the delineations in normal society between what is private, personal, and sacred and what is public and, you know, loosely speaking, profane. So you parade around the streets. Normally, the streets are used for cars or they are a place that is more dangerous than the inside of your house. But in the time of carnival, the streets are used as a place of celebration, theoretically, of universal inclusion and safety. Everybody walks in the streets as opposed to cars using them. The normal social order is flipped. Everyone who's out to celebrate carnival is suddenly in this liminal space of celebration as opposed to being a lawyer and a doctor and a janitor. They are all celebrants in that experience. It's sort of a similar, you could use the contemporary example of like a concert. You may have cheap seats, you may have expensive seats, but all the people you're around are in the space of the concert, fans of the artists that you've gone to see more so than they are whatever their other separate outside hierarchical identities are in theoretically in that space. Um, and I think calling out that it's a carnival out there, a casino, Similarly, a casino, there's like this instant turn that can happen if you win that suddenly you're wealthy or suddenly you lose all your money. It's this fluid in-between space 
with this celebratory type of atmosphere. And I think using those two examples at the beginning is really evocative in the space of the poem, which is about linking these lofty and often thought of as less lofty events. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, the the last little thing that I have is is just, you know, it, this is a very uh, free verse type thing. Um, the, the rhythm of the poem is very strong, uh, but there's not like uh, rhyme patterns or anything. Um, but the end uh, signals the end with some pretty sort of tight, close rhymes. Which way the cards will fall is anybody's call. One thing's for sure, this is like a half rhyme, but we're all in this together with the errs. Um, and I feel like those two close sounds sort of get us ready for the end, kind of. Yeah. Definitely. And you do get a couple of uh, sort of alliterative bits. You get the Rock River, Topeka and Tacoma, and Carnival and Casino. And that's part of why I was thinking about Carnival and Casino is because they do come as one of those pairs. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Oh, you also get Mississippi and Cincinnati, sure. sort of, which are not necessarily rhyming, but are similarly constructed words in terms of sound and letter repetition. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a, there's a, there's lots of close um sounds all the time i mean the rivers the alliteration is is common flex and flow mm -hmm. um and the someone's let's see yeah uh the, i mean the repetition of someone uh you know has has this the sonic repetition too it's tight it's tight sonic but it, it doesn't it, it comes off like some some sounds i think uh, try to avoid drawing attention to themselves so that they just make whatever you're saying sound like more convincing. You're like, oh, for sure that's right. I don't really know why, but if you look at it, it's because of the sounds and the rhythm. And I feel like that's how most of the poem is working. And then when, when those end rhymes come in, those I think draw a little more explicit attention to themselves and that shift from sort of implicit or, or underground sounds to the sort of above ground sounds is a helpful way um, get the get the person ready to end the poem. I was thinking about there's this thing that my uh, therapist does when we're about ready there's like five minutes left like she'll change her posture so like she'll sit back or rather that or she'll sit forward depending on which one she was doing and not she won't say we're almost out of time usually but that posture shift is enough to get me like ready to leave the space and conclude the space which i think a poem needs to do as well in terms of or or if it's not going to do that then that's like part of the point is like a sharp jab but this is like a this is a closure poem in that way. Definitely. You ready to hear it again? Woo! I-74, Street Corners of America poem, written on the road between Albany, Illinois and Albany, Indiana. Sunrise, over the Rock River and all over America, people wake to face the day as if nothing were happening. While all around them, mountains are pushed up and weathered down, rivers flex and flow, new life is born. 
at a truck stop on I-74 outside of Kickapoo, someone is pumping gas into a diesel engine that spent the weekend in Colorado. Someone's heart got broken last night in Mississippi, and before the day is over, someone in Cincinnati will fall in love. Someone's had enough in leaving home in Topeka. Someone in Tacoma's got the blues. It's a carnival out there, a casino. Which way the cards will fall is anybody's call. One thing's for sure, we're all in this together. At least, I'm in. How about you? Come on, ante up and deal. Feeling it. Woo! Happy Father's Day! Happy Father's Day! That's going to do it for this very special Father's Day episode of Close Talking. As always, you can subscribe to the podcast on the iTunes Store or find us on Stitcher or SoundCloud. If you'd like to get connected to Close Talking and find out about all the latest news, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash close talking or follow us on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash close talking. You can find me on Twitter at Jack Rossiter Munn and you can find Connor on Twitter at Hot Sauce Boxed. You can also drop us a line via email at poetry at gmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts on this and any other episode.